Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well, and we are well, um, and thrilled to be with you. Absolutely thrilled to be with you. Um, the more we look at the news, and you know, I love to stay in the Catechism Explained and, and help us to understand our faith, um, uh, but there's so much happening in the world, and we need to know how to be in it and not of it, even now. Um, uh, of it we must be because we have a vocation to bring the gospel to every creature and our Lord said when the gospel is brought to every creature then the end will come we need to evangelize we have as Catholics not just simply as Christians as Catholic Christians what the entire world needs in the church our Lord established and God help us if we keep it to ourselves, if we hide, if we live our private lives of convenience or uh, whatever it is, um, we must bring the gospel to the world. We must know that the world is under great deception uh, and darkness, and it's dying. And we need to help souls while there is still time. Um, there's a website I've recommended to you before called Voice of the Family. It's not just a website. It's a magnificent apostolate based in England, Voice of the Family. And um, I could not recommend any apostolate, any ministry geared to the family higher than theirs. Um, they, you, need to, you don't need to, but I would urge you to look online and type in Voice of the Family and uh, subscribe and support them. They are worthy, worthy, worthy of our support. So many uh, Christian so-called apostolates or ministries or outreaches uh, we give to through our parishes and we find out they have betrayed Catholicism, that they're giving money to uh, um, uh, pro-abortion and contraception endeavors. Uh, Voice of the Family is pure Catholic. And... Um, they are worthy of our support. Today, there is an article um, written by Alan Fimister uh, called The Duties of the Layman in Evil Days. That's our duties in evil days. We are in evil days. And he begins by quoting J.R. Tolkien. Uh, quote, actually, Tolkien says, I am a Christian and indeed a Roman Catholic, so that I do not expect history to be anything but a long defeat, though it contains some samples or glimpses of final victory. Why would he say such a thing? Because the enemy has been against God's people since the garden, Adam and Eve. Uh, he knew that Eve uh, would, um, uh, that the, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, would come through Eve's line, right through Mary, and he couldn't bear a woman uh, towering over him. Uh, this article reads as such. These are relatively miserable times from a Catholic point of view. Tolkien's long defeat 
is beginning to look like a rout. But some, R-O-U-T, but some impressions are almost by definition illusory. The church is sent into the world to gather into one the scattered children of God, to collect like a dragnet men of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. It is for God to throw back the bad fish and gather in the good. Everyone he shall be gathered in. <clears throat> we need not fear. Our Lord says in John, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. And through uh, uh, St. Luke, he says, Fear not, little flock. It hath pleased your Father to give you a kingdom. What we should fear is that we ourselves might be thrown back for not playing our part in his purposes as adopted sons, but merely as hired men. It is the mark of the true-born son that he freely assumes the form of a slave to the glory of his father and of the false son that he squanders his substance on riotous living. I'm going to venture to say, beloved, that the majority of Catholics have squandered the inheritance from God on riotous or self-centered living. Just look at the state of the world that proves it. We have not been the evangelizers. We have not been in the world and not of it. We have been in the world and of it. The article continues, as St. Paul says, uh, writes to the Corinthians, I chastise my body and bring it into subjection, lest perhaps when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. And a necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. End quote. All of which is to say that if we do our part and pray and hope, we have nothing to fear. The temporal triumph of the church is a pleasant side effect and nothing that we seek for its own sake. And like many a pleasant side effect, it brings temptations of its own. But surely this pleasant side effect is the natural concomitant of our doing our duty and its absence is a sign that woe is indeed upon us and we may very well be cast away. Undoubtedly, as St. John Henry Newman says, quote, commonly the church has nothing more to do than to go on in her own proper duties, in confidence and peace, to stand still and to see the salvation of God. The fact that we are not seeing this is a very good sign that churchmen are not going on in their own proper duties, not teaching, not sanctifying, and not governing. But what is that to us? If our shepherds are worthy, we must pray God to keep them so. If not, to make them so. It is all one. There is no failure of palatial duty that can prevent us from doing our duty, at least not in any way that can be held against us. What is that duty? He says to be perfect, as our Lord says in Matthew chapter 5. How is that to be accomplished? Cardinal Newman has a, spe a simple formula, quote, If you ask me what you are to do in order to be perfect, I say, do not lie in bed beyond the due time of rising. Give your first thoughts to God. Make a good visit to the Blessed Sacrament. 
Say the Angelus devoutly. Eat and drink to God's glory. Say the rosary well. Be recollected. Keep out bad thoughts. Make your evening meditation well. Examine yourself daily. Go to bed in good time. And you are already perfect. Jose Maria Escriva has a pleasing reflection on the opportunity afforded by the alarm clock to begin one's day with an act of heroic virtue. Quote, the heroic minute, it is the time fixed for getting up without hesitation, a supernatural reflection, and up. The heroic minute, here you have a mortification that strengthens your will and does no harm to your body. End quote. This is all very well, but surely we are supposed to be conquering the world for Christ. Did not Vatican II itself say, quote, the effort to infuse a Christian spirit into the mentality, customs, laws, and structures of the community in which one lives is so much the duty and responsibility of the laity that it can never be performed properly by others? Surely, getting out of bed on time and saying the rosary cannot suffice in and of itself. Certainly, the idea that we might infuse a Christian spirit into the mentality, customs, laws, and structures of the communities in which we live seems very remote today. And yet, it would have seemed remote in Leo XIII's day when Masons reigned in every government and the Pope was the prisoner of the Vatican. And his remedy was also the rosary. And for the better part of 80 years it prevailed until his wisdom was forgotten. The church did experience temporal triumph and those temptations came and we fell for them. The joyful mysteries, Leo XIII reminded us, teach us to value the simplicity of a holy family life. The sorrowful that the days of our years are labor and sorrow. The glorious that we seek the city that is above. Padre Pio called the rosary my weapon, and Pius XII called it David's sling. For our wrestling, St. Paul teaches, is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the world of this darkness, against the spirits of wickedness in the high places. Pius XII wrote, we do not hesitate to affirm again publicly that we put great confidence in the Holy Rosary for healing of evils which afflict our times, not with force, not with arms, not with human power, but with divine help obtained through the means of this prayer. Strong like David with his sling, the church undaunted shall be able to confront, confront the infernal en enemy repeating to him the words of the young shepherd, quote, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for this is his battle, and he will deliver you into our hands. David's words to Goliath. There's the music for our break, beloved. We'll be back to continue this outstanding letter right after the break. Don't go away.
This is Rick Paulini, on-air host for the Station of the Cross Fall Fun Drive. How important are you to the success of our ministry? What if I tell you that 97.5% of our funding comes from you, our listeners? That's right, 97.5% of our total funding comes from you. That's how important you are to keeping the solid message of our Catholic faith on the air and in the media. This apostolate was founded for the salvation of souls by the proclamation of Catholic doctrine consistent with the magisterial teaching of the one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Please join me October 2nd to the 6th for our Fall Fund Drive. You can give now by returning the envelope you received in the mail, going to thestationofthecross.com, or on your Android or Apple mobile device, or by calling 1-877-888-6279. May God bless you. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. As part of our efforts to teach the beauty of our faith, we're broadcasting a special educational lesson every Wednesday called Lessons in Latin. I'm Canon Bourgeois, a priest of the Institute of Christ the King's Sovereign Priest. These mini teachings break down the history of the various parts of the Holy Mass. You can hear Lessons in Latin on Wednesdays at approximately 5.15 a.m., 3.45 p.m., and 9.40 p.m. Eastern Time. That's Lessons in Latin Wednesdays at 5.15 a.m., 3.45 p.m., and 9.40 p.m. on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We're in the, in the beginning, actually, of a beautiful article um, from Voice of the Family. It came out today, uh, written by Alan Fimister, on the duties of the layman. Those are us in evil days. We are laymen, and these are evil days. Um, let me see now. Um, I'm going to uh, continue where we left off. Um, but surely, even this... Um, Alarm clock heading, these are these are the things that have been suggested so far that we get up at the moment the alarm clock rings, we pray the rosary, we visit the Blessed Sacrament, we pray the Angelus, um, uh, we examine our conscience, we are temperate, recollected, uh, meditative, um, uh, and so forth. But he says, surely even this alarm clock heading, rosary praying, Blessed Sacrament visiting, Angelus observing, conscious examining, temperate recollected meditative laity must just occasionally give a reason for the hope that is in them. That's First Peter 3. Indeed, as a wise priest once observed, St. Francis is falsely alleged to have said, preach the gospel at all times, and as ne- if necessary, use words. But as anyone who imagines he will be converting people by his works is going to let me just see repeat this here 
Indeed, as a wise priest once observed, St. Francis is falsely alleged to have said, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. But as anyone who imagines he will be converting people by his works is going to hell for presumption, you had better start preaching. Does Cardinal Newman have any advice for that moment? And he does. He says, quote, I want a laity, not arrogant, not rash in speech, not disputations. But let me just comment back with St. Francis's quote, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary or when necessary, use words. What he's saying is that if our life contradicts our words, we will not be preaching the gospel and no one will receive our words. If, if people will believe what we say, if our life mirrors what we say. Um, but if we simply live the example and keep quiet about the life-saving gospel, we are in sin. We have been given, beloved, a stewardship to give to the world. So again, Cardinal Newman says this, I want a laity, not arrogant, not rash in speech, not disputations, but men who know their religion, who enter into it, who know just where they stand, who know what they hold and what they do not, who know their creed so well that they can give an account of it, who know so much of history that they can defend it. I want an intelligent, well-instructed laity, I'm not denying you are such already, but I mean to be severe, and as some would say, exorbitant in my demands. I wish you to enlarge your knowledge, to cultivate your reason, to get an insight into the relation of truth to truth, to learn to view things as they are, to understand how faith and reason stand to each other, what are the basis and principles of Catholicism, and where lie the main inconsistencies and absurdities of the Protestant theory. I have no apprehension you will be the worst Catholics for familiarity with these subjects, provided you cherish a vivid sense of God alone, God above, and keep in mind that you have souls to be judged and to be saved. End quote. He ends this uh, article by saying there are theories a lot more observed than pro- absurd than Protestantism stalking the land these days which take our which make our task at once easier and harder but if we put on the full armor of God shoulder the shield of faith and take in hand the sword of the spirit that is the word of God then as Saint Dominic told Saint Francis so long as we stand together no foe shall prevail against us, end quote. Oh, dear ones, I love that quote of Cardinal Newman. This is the army that God wants. This is the army for whom he died. And I, I don't know what to say here. I'm going to just tell you what's on my heart. By the grace of God and the contributions of over 1,400 people, we have been able to purchase these 86 acres with two large structures and move in. We're still unpacking, many people visiting, and um, uh, we want to give our lives away to the world 
to help restore God's design for the family and to teach the faith and help people live it. Um, we want to do everything yesterday, but of course we cannot. So um, there's two things I'm going to mention to you. First, we have a huge building that will hold 30 women, but at the moment we cannot get more than eight in there because of the structure of the place. And so we need to do major construction. Uh, the land, the buildings, everything is 100% paid for. We don't owe a penny. We've never borrowed a penny. We won't do that. We don't presume anything on God. Uh, so we owe nothing. It's going to take us a bit of an expense to uh, restructure that building as as best and economically as possible, uh, keeping the water lines and all that, uh, to fit 30 women. We... We are at our, uh, we can't take more women in right now until we really do that. So we're on it. We're ready to do it yesterday. We need people that are um, experienced in construction and architect and design. Someone maybe who could come here and take a look at things and uh, make a design and a crew to construct. So we need that um, as God wishes to provide. We have many people in the Diocese of Tyler, who wish to assist us, many. Um, and it's very wonderful. Um, what we would love is um, more professional uh, architects and construction folks that could take a crew and really redo this building, and we can take a bunch of women in and then make our chapel larger and, and, can, and get to work. There's so many women waiting to come in 50 women that haven't even heard back from me yet so um that's one thing here's the second thing i live to put i'm I'm speaking very personally to you i live to put my arms around the world i still cannot get over that god has poured his grace on me that i believe that i love i can't get over it people say why don't the jews believe why don't this believe why don't i don't know why anybody doesn't believe i don't know why i do that's the point why has God poured his love on me, his grace on me? Why do I believe? Why do I love? Why do I live for the world to be saved and know him and be in his church? There's no answer to that. I don't even know that I'll have the answer the other side of heaven. However, I live and we live here, the sisters with me, to teach the faith and to help families and individuals, not just the family, But the family, again, is God's design to build his kingdom. That's what we wish to do. And so we have a large place here. And um, I don't know what we're going to do with it. We have a large screen. And we want to begin to walk the streets and show films once a month to everyone. Uh, We'll pick the films and have refreshments and Q&A after them. There'll be wonderful, beautiful films that may not be specifically Catholic, but they will be Catholic in their uh, values and virtues and all of that. Um, We also want to start uh, teaching the faith through. So uh, I know if you're in Washington State or Illinois or elsewhere, this is going to be, it's impossible for you, but... Uh, if you're in the area of Tyler, we're in the Diocese of Tyler in Winsboro, which is country, but uh, it's within an hour or 40 minutes to this downtown, the city of Tyler. A very easy and gorgeous drive through the country. And we're going to begin to teach the faith once a month, once a week, whatever it turns out to be. So if you're in the area, 
and you or someone you know would like to come and go through the entire catechism with us from A to Z and ask any question at any time you wish. It's not going to be a school course. We're not going to give homework. We're not going to test anybody. We just want people to be able to ask anything they want about why to be Catholic and to how to live it in this world that's turned from God. So if you happen to be in the area, um, and I don't know, I mean, we may start once a month and see how many people are interested. It could be once a week. Um, we could do many things. And so um, I don't know how you can, we don't have a landline yet. And so I have a cell phone, but I can't give that out publicly because I can't handle the calls right now. So um, go to our website www.motherofisraelshope.org and you can email us at mail, M-A-I-L, at motherofisraelshope.org mail, M-A-I-L, at motherofisraelshope.org Tell me who you are, where you live. Uh, If you're Catholic, you don't have to be Catholic. You could be Jewish. You could be uh, any one of Protestant denominations. You could be Muslim. You could be atheist. It's not an issue. Absolutely not an issue. You could be a strong Catholic. Not an issue. If you'd like to come, email me and um, tell me if you're single, if you're coming with a family and how many children or ages so we can, we can be prepared. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm thrilled if entire families come together. I, I really believe strongly that God has given it to parents to be the stewards of their children. And we don't want to teach children apart from their parents. We want to teach the whole family. So parents also can learn their faith and go home and teach it to their family and live it. Um, people will not learn what they don't see. They will not get what you say. They will get what they see and what they witness. So whatever's on your heart, go ahead and email us, mail at motherofisraelshope.org and say, I'd be interested in coming, Uh, I can't do anything now, uh, or I can begin in the new year and once a week, or I can do it on a Friday night or Wednesday. If you give me specifics, we'll be able to uh, land on the day and the time that most people can make it. And again, if um, we need to do it twice a month at different days and times, we'll work it out. But I don't think we have very much time, beloved. Um, What is coming on us, not only the evil within the church, pure evil within the church, abandoning the faith, um, this synod and synodality, which the Holy Father has extended to 2024, promises to uh, change the church, to abandon her teaching and to teach what is not of God and what is full heresy. And we need to protect ourselves, our children, our families, our loved ones, future generation. So that's one thing. But the evil coming on us by the one world global market is, um, is almost unimaginable. And, um, and it's upon us. We need to stick together, and we need to be strong Catholics in the midst of a world that doesn't know our Lord. God help us if we keep the message of salvation to ourselves. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. 
the Station of the Cross began broadcasting in Buffalo, New York in 1999. Since then, our listening areas have multiplied and expanded into several states. While our mission is to grow the Catholic faith through radio and other media outlets, our apostolate is supportive of, but independent from your local diocese. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The final conflict between good and evil is over the family. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of A Catholic Take. And on the Thursday edition of ACT, Leanne Vanderputten joins us from Finer Femininity to talk about building strong sacramental marriages. Speaking of which, I'm going away for the weekend and Mike Koeniger is going to be filling in for me. I'm celebrating our 23-year wedding anniversary. Praise be to God. So join Mike and producer Jake 7 a.m. Eastern all across the Station of the Cross and beyond. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest, prayer, or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience by finding us wherever you enjoy podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live I am Mother Miriam. We are live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And this is our half hour together, my favorite time. Um, uh, feel free to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, let me see now. Hold on a moment. Um Okay, we have an email from Christopher who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm hoping you can provide some thoughts about women who overstep their roles as wives and try to rule the house without any sign of respect or appreciation for their husband. Now, this is a man writing and asking this question. Um, He says, I have a cousin whose wife seems to be ordering him around nonstop, sometimes even pushing him to the brink of tears. She's extremely demanding, never taking no for an answer, and only seems content when things are being done her way on her time. She's totally relentless. But the thing that really bothers me is how disrespectful she can be toward him at times. It truly seems like she has no respect for him at all. I can tell you she doesn't right already by what you've written. Not only as her husband and the father of their children, but even basic human respect is in question at times. 
Her yelling and shouting, I might even use the word screaming as a more accurate description, about seemingly minuscule and nonsensical things are occurrences that seem to be all too normal in their lives. This is a very confusing dynamic for me, as I've always believed that a marriage is based first and foremost in God, but secondly, in mutual respect, love, and appreciation for one's spouse. Well, Christopher, that's ideal. It should be, but apparently the marriage you're talking about is not um, based first and foremost in God or in mutual respect, love, and appreciation. It's absolutely not. Uh, Christopher continues, even my own wife recognizes the issues and has noticed the things that I have. I suppose a sizable portion of the guilt here falls on the husband, who needs to be firm and demand respect. A husband cannot demand respect. Our Lord came from heaven and didn't demand respect. Ephesians chapter 5 says that the husband must lay down his life for his wife, as Christ did the church. He didn't demand respect. He laid down his life for his wife. Uh, Christopher says, however, to me, this seems to be bordering on verbal and emotional abuse, so I do worry about him. I also worry about the message that this behavior is sending to their children, particularly their young daughters, who will look to their mother as a role model or symbol of what it means to be a good wife and mother. The husband seems totally okay with this behavior, on the surface level, of course, and never pushes back against her, almost as if he thinks it's his job to submit to her, and his vocation as a husband is to wait on his wife's every need, concern, or minor inconvenience, while being met with nothing but verbal lashings and complaining. Is this really what a marriage should look like? Well, obviously, Christopher, it's not. He says, I don't want to overstep my bounds and intrude on their marriage. What can I do to help my cousin, the husband, without overly involving myself in their personal lives? Is there any sort of advice I can maybe give him? I hate to watch him struggle with this in silence because I know it's wrong and my inclinations as a Catholic lead me to want to speak out. I'm hoping you can address this from the perspective of both the husband and the wife, who needs to do what to make things right? And finally, what can friends, relatives, and others outside the marriage do to help, or should they get involved at all? Thank you for your time. Christopher, I think the only way for others to get involved is for good, holy men to take Christopher aside and teach him the role of manhood. Um, Go to um, Catholic.com, go to the Angelus Press, go to um, um, uh, Mother of Our Savior of the books, um, go to good, traditional, strong Catholic websites and look for books on the role of a man and a husband and a father. And... Um, uh, maybe offer to come beside them and help them to be strengthened and um, begin to uh, subtly uh, get strong and reverse that situation. Uh, not by demanding anything. A man must earn respect. If a wife doesn't respect her husband, uh, it's because she does not respect God. 
in his and her voca- in his vocation, the vocation of a leader of the home is not based on a man's character or qualities or qualifications. It's based on God, God's choosing of him, and God has chosen him for the vocation as her head, and she rejects him as her head, and therefore rejects God as her head. Um, in the Old Testament, when um, uh, God, when the people of God rejected um, uh, having the king over them, God said they rejected me over them as well, because God works through his people. And then it would take some very good, holy, mature Catholic women to get a hold of the wife privately, no discussion, no gossip, everything in private, and begin to show her the role of a woman, of a mother, of a wife, of a holy woman, and to show her that she is um, living a life that is not even Christian, let alone Catholic. Um, In Genesis 3, the curse of the fall on the woman is that she would have desire for her husband, Genesis 3.15. And that's very puzzling. Well, what's wrong with the woman having desire for her husband? Isn't that a good thing? How could that be part of the curse? Um, The word in in the original language used for desire is used twice in all of Scripture. And the second time it's used is in the fourth chapter of Genesis, where Cain is complaining that God's punishment on him for killing his brother is too hard. And our Lord says, if you do good, you won't have a problem. But if you don't, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. Both times the desire is the same word in the original, and they mean to control. Sin's desire is to control you. The the fruit of the fall is that the desire of your wife will be to control you because she fell. And so it's not a good thing that a wife desires her husband in the way of controlling him. That is Satan's plan to destroy the family from day one. Um, Women need to understand this. Men need to understand this so they can help their women out of the devil's trap. Um, Women need to live their vocation not based on their husbands, his strength, his knowledge, his intellect, his giftedness, his uh, nothing. Based on their vocation with God. And I would promise any woman, if she lives her vocation with God as a holy woman of God, God will change her and the situation with her marriage, which she cannot change. She has no right to criticize her husband. And she has no right to criticize her husband, especially in front of the children. She has no right to control him. She has a right to sin, but she has no right in God's eyes to do anything but live the vocation of love that God has given her. Man is to be the head of the family. The wife is to be the heart of the family. And the only way children will learn love is if they see love. You're absolutely right, Christopher. These daughters are being destroyed by their mother. And they will not have a happy marriage because they will look to lord it over their husbands and think that they need to be in control and what they want, as they want, when they want, how they want is the way. And it's absolutely not. So I would say um, if you're a very good friend of the husband, um, Christopher, uh, find a good book 
um, and read it and see if it's the one that you think will address the issue and uh, come to him and say, my brother, um, in my heart I want to come to your aid because you have such a controlling life, wife and it's detrimental to your family, your children, your marriage. Um, but the fact is, you're not the victim. You have a vocation and you need to learn how to live it and be who God has made you to be. And the same thing with the wife. You're not a victim of your husband. You have a vocation, and you're giving in to sin and your own disordered personality in order to control him and your family. It's not only wrong, it's sick. Um, you Both of them need help, Christopher. So if there's a good, holy woman who can approach the wife... Uh, very compassionately, not legalistically, and begin to help her. Because there's no way the wife is happy. There's no way. Every woman wants a man to be her knight in shining armor. And this woman has no respect for her man and her husband and uh, cares not how she's destroying her daughter, uh, daughters. And she's probably blind to all of it. Um, and she's probably not on her way to heaven. She needs help. So, Christopher, I hope some of that will help you uh, to help them. God bless you. We have a comment from YouTube uh, from Meg, and Meg says, Is it acceptable for us to pray for the Pope's conversion, or would that be considered disrespectful and accusatory? No, we must pray for the Pope's conversion. He must convert. Uh, you know, uh, we could be Catholic, but conversion is a process our whole life. We convert from sin daily, moment by moment. And the Pope needs to convert because he's teaching heresy. And he's focused on uh, saving the earth, not saving souls. And um, the men he's picking for dicasteries and heads of Vatican departments uh, are against the faith. They're teaching heresy. And um, we need to pray for God to convert his heart so that he is 100% Catholic in his heart, in his knowledge, in his desires, in his teaching. It's not disrespectful and accusatory. It, it's for the sake of his own soul as well, and the sake of the church. We have a message from Monique from Facebook, and she says, How can one fast on bread and water when they have to eat gluten-free and lactose-free? Could you help me out with this? Yes. I have to be gluten-free and lactose-free myself. I'm celiac. Um, there's there's gluten-free bread, plenty of gluten-free bread, rice and tapioca and uh, corn and uh, millet, not millet, um, quinoa, many gluten-free breads. Go to a health store or even normal supermarkets have gluten-free bread now in the frozen section. And um, I'm lactose-free, but there's plenty of lactose-free uh, milk. And if you're fasting on bread and water, Water doesn't have lactose. So you could, if you want to fast on bread and water, I'm not telling you you should, uh, that your own health, you need to be wise. But bread, gluten-free bread and water doesn't have anything in it. It's got nothing to do with being lactose-free. So that's the answer to your specific question, Monique. And maybe you meant other things. And if so, uh, go ahead and write me back. Um, we have a YouTube comment from Susie who says, I've been Catholic for only three years, and I'm already discouraged by the state of the church canceling godly priests and nuns. 
I don't blame you, Susie. It's very discouraging. Just like I would not want to take health advice from a doctor who lives an unhealthy lifestyle, I will not take theological advice from priests, bishops, and popes who care more about American culture than Jesus' words. If this is an uncharitable approach. No, I feel the exact same way, Susie. And when we get back from the break, I'll expand on that. Um, when we get back, dear ones, we'll have 10 minutes. And again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at com, and we'll be right back. Consecration to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A most noble prince of the angelic hierarchies, valorous warrior of Almighty God, and zealous lover of His glory, terror of the rebellious angels, and love and delight of all the just ones, my beloved Archangel St. Michael, desiring to be numbered among thy devoted servants, I today offer and consecrate myself to thee and place myself, my family, and all I possess under thy most powerful protection. I entreat thee not to look at how little I, as thy servant, have to offer, being only a wretched sinner, but to gaze, rather, with favorable eye at the heartfelt affection with which this offering is made. And remember that if from this day onward I am under thy patronage. Thou must, during all my life, assist me and procure for me the pardon of my many grievous offenses and sins. The grace to love with all my heart, my God, my dear Savior Jesus, and my sweet mother Mary, and obtain for me all the help necessary to arrive to my crown of glory. Defend me always from my spiritual enemies, particularly in the last moments of my life. Come then, O glorious Prince, and succor me in my last struggle, and with thy powerful weapon, cast far from me into the infernal abysses, that prevaricator and proud angel, that one day thou prostrated in thy celestial battle. Saint Michael, defend us in our daily battle, so that we may not perish in the last judgment. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. It is our last segment and 10 minutes and our lines are open and you're welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Just before the break, we read Susie's email um, that she posted on YouTube. Um, and I'll reread it. It's very short. She said, I've been Catholic for only three years. 
and I'm already discouraged by the state of the church canceling godly priests and nuns. We're with you, Susie. It's a very discouraging situation. It's evil um, that to cancel a priest or a bishop for speaking the truth. It's pure evil. It's nothing to do with God. Uh, but it's happening. You're right. She says, just like I would not want to take health advice from a doctor who lives an unhealthy lifestyle, I won't take theological advice from priests, bishops, and popes who care more about American culture than uh, Jesus' words. Is this an uncharitable approach? And I said before the break, it is not. Um, if I see bishops who are canceling good holy priests for speaking truth, um, I won't. It doesn't matter what they say. I will not listen to them. I'm not going to take their advice. They may be right. They may be wrong. But they've lost my respect. They have their office. And the office requires our respect. But the man in the office uh, has faulted greatly. And unless he repents, I will not take his advice as well. So, Susie, that's okay. It's not uncharitable. It's very understandable. But again, um the church is not at fault. It's individuals. It's what Frank C's statement is that um, that the church is the cause. In its essence, is Christ. So it's perfect and holy. The church, He is the head. We are the body. The church is the cause of the holiness of its members, but its holiness is not measured by their response. So cling to the church, Susie, to all her teachings. If you're not sure of them, go to the catechism. Go to the Catechism of Trent, uh, the Pope's encyclicals in years past, um, and you will you will be solid in your faith. Never stop learning, and know that the Church is not based on its shepherds or its sheep, but on its founder, our Lord Jesus Christ, who promised to lead it into all truth till the end of time, and that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Okay, um, we have. Let me see if we can get this in. We have an email from Elizabeth who says, Hi, Mother Miriam. I converted from Lutheranism to Catholicism some years ago, but I feel I was poorly catechized along the way. For example, I was never directly taught how to properly make my first confession. The RCIA instructor simply told me, there's a sheet in the confessional that tells you what to do. You'll figure it out. Shame on that RCIA a instructor, whoever he or she was, shame on them. They, they have no business teaching RCIA. Um, she says, this did not ease my first-time nerves, I imagine, as you might imagine, yes. And I ended up having to ask the priest what to do, which was embarrassing and just felt wrong and disrespectful. Well, um, it wasn't wrong. It wasn't disrespectful. It's a shame that you weren't properly taught but I have a feeling if you were that priest um, with someone coming to him uh, for confession at the first time, converting to the Catholic Church, that it would have been a great gift for him to assist you in that. She says, I'm writing to you to see what you know, hold on now, about the differences between these two religions, because no one ever gave me that information, Lutheranism and Catholicism. This has led to me being unable to answer questions about the differences, which have come from family and friends alike. Ultimately, <clears throat> I was attracted to many of the traditional practices of the Catholic Church. Because my son and husband were already Catholic, 
they were able to help me along the way. That's great. But they don't know everything about the Lutheran Church either. How similar are Lutherans and Catholics really? Um, I'm going to tell you that there are similarities, but light years apart. Light years apart. She says, based on my hands-on experience with both, the local Novus Ordo parish that I attend is not all that different from my own Lutheran parish. I can understand that. Minus the fact that the Lutheran pastor was able to be married. Do you think this is due to things being done improperly at my Catholic parish? Absolutely, I do. Should I be able to see huge differences right away? Yes, you should. I've, always, I've also never been to a traditional Latin Mass, but my son has been telling me about it and would really like me to join him at one. I would beg you to join your son at the Latin Mass. I wouldn't hesitate whatsoever. She says, I love Gregorian chants, so the idea intrigues me, but I'm also nervous about not knowing what's going on in the Mass and therefore not fitting in. Don't worry about fitting in. We don't go to Mass to fit in or for social reasons. We go to worship God and get to know Him and love Him deeply. That's what we do. And you will, you will understand it along the way. And quicker than you think. I just don't want, she says, to mess up and do the wrong thing. You know, I do know. Thanks for any information you can provide. God bless you, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you're in the right place. You're Catholic in your home, but I would urge you to follow your son into the Latin Mass parish, and you will see differences between that and your Lutheran parish. Um, You are in the church Christ established. You were in the church that Lutheran departed from 1,500 years after Christ established his church and decided that he could be his own pope, that he could decide what scriptures are, forget what our Lord gave the church, Um, He can decide what he wants. Um, He can decide about the sacraments. He can decide the Eucharist is not truly Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, but contains Christ, consubstantiation, that Christ is with the, the elements, not that they don't become Christ. There's so many, the sacraments threw them out. They kept two, baptism, and what they call the Eucharist, but it's not the Eucharist, it's symbolic. Um... And uh, they threw everything out. Um, uh, There's so much. They threw the saints out. They threw the authority of the church out. Um, The scriptures, Luther, after 1,500 years, single-handedly pulled out seven books of the Old Testament and parts of two others and made the Protestant Bible, what became Protestant, protesting against the Catholic faith. It, It became... Um, he wanted to align it with the Jewish canon, um, which uh, was not Catholic and was not what our Lord uh, had in the Septuagint. So there's so much. And Elizabeth, you can go online. There's so much information if you want to compare Lutheranism to Catholicism. But also, I would suggest you go to the Coming Home Network International, CHN, Coming Home Network International, and you will see a book on, remember, Luther nailed the 95 Thesis to the Wittenberg door. Um, and uh, there's a book called 95 Reasons or something like that um, of, from Lutherans who became Catholic, their conversion stories, believing that the Catholic Church 
is the true church. So Coming Home Network International, and it's uh, 95 theses or stories um, from Lutherans who became Catholic. It'd be very, very helpful to you. Okay, there's our music, beloved. Um, And so, um, boy, time just runs, just runs so quickly. Um, Well, we will be, God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. Um, Love your wife, love your husband, submit to one another in love. Husbands, lay down your life for your wife as Christ laid down his life for the church. That is the love that a woman could submit to. And that's the love God has intended a woman to submit to. Husbands, you are not to submit to the abuse of a self-centered, selfish, unruly wife. We need to get help. Okay, God bless you. We'll speak with you tomorrow.